everyone, and welcome to episode 15 of the Football Fig Nuts podcast. I am Britt. I'm Craig. And tonight, we have a terrible week three to cover. Oh my god, was that bad? Horrible. We have burning hot questions. We have, uh, I don't know, I'm still reeling from week three. We have other things to discuss, but first, Craig, what are you drinking? Uh, this week, um, I'm drinking a beverage called Ginger Ale. I have not heard of that particular <laughs> brand of beer. No, yeah. Well, I mean, there was ginger beer, which I don't have any of, but... Oh, you mean like ginger ale, like the drink? Like the soda. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Rare for me, I know. I really don't drink soda that much, but a bit under the weather this week, so... Well, you know what? I think us and our listeners, including the dogs who listen to this during the daytime, appreciate you soldiering through and getting this episode on for them. We really do appreciate it, so... Uh, but what are you drinking well, that you brought here in a can. I, I I did because that was that's what was in the fridge. Um, I'm drinking Rosemary's Baby, God's gift to those who love the pumpkin beer. And you know the music's playing right now. I'm sure it is. I can't hear it because I don't get <laughs> headphones. We're not that fancy. But uh, I actually, it's funny. I'm glad I didn't do it. I almost because I was in the store today and I saw Southern Tears Pumpkin which is a very pricey but very delicious pumpkin beer, too. And I said, hey, episode 15, it's kind of like a landmark, I guess. Everything that's divisible by five is considered a landmark these days. Something. You know, Sounds maybe good. I should I should get that. And I said, no, you know what? We'll stick with the regular this week. Maybe episode 20. It's time to break out like the fancy 20. stuff or yeah. so. I have a bottle set aside for episode 25. Oh, do you? Oh, yes. I won't disclose what it is now. But, oh, good. Um, but let's move on. We shall. Burning hot take questions time. Craig, do you wish to give or do you wish to receive? I will give. All right, Craig, what's on your mind? What questions do you need answered this week? I want to know, are you into college basketball? Oh, yeah. I, I, I went, uh, for those who don't know, I went to the University of Connecticut. It's a prerequisite on the application that you be able to, like, talk a little bit about college basketball. So, yes. Uh, with the NCAA giant uh, controversy or findings that the FBI had with some schools, do you feel this will affect this coming college football or basketball season? I sure hope so. I, I, I really think I, – I know four assistant coaches were arrested today. Um, I could not tell you from where. I don't remember all the schools. I was very busy day at work today. Not a bad thing and not a side thing at all. But um, I, uh, I I didn't really get a chance other than hear like the headline of it is that four people were arrested in bribery scandals where they were directing students at their school to particular agents in an effort to kind of get those students to sign with agents. Um, so, uh, yes, I kind of hope it does change things a little bit because I think there's a lot of behind the scenes dealings i think that college programs in general are very petty um when gino oriema from my beloved huskies called uh, i think her name was uh, monique davis the young lady who pitched so well in the world series uh little league world series a couple years back yep. he called to congratulate her like three coaches filed a grievance with the ncaa that he was recruiting she's 11 he's not a recruiting an 11 year old who plays baseball this was not a recruiting call, but that's how petty college sports has become and how competitive coaches are with each other. I, I kind of hope that this does lead to something better. Do you think this will have any bad effect on Adidas since they seem to be the main company involved? 
See, I did not hear that part. So Adidas is somehow linked to this? Uh, kind of. The, from my understanding of it, there's Adidas. Uh, I don't want to use the word sponsored, but Adidas schools. Oh, yes. I mean, every school, every major college basketball program has a, a shoe deal. So Adidas right. is probably their shoe provider. And, it, and let me guess, the schools that were, the, the coaches that were arrested today were all Adidas schools or something like that. Yes, Okay. Um, yes. And you know what? I think it should have an effect on that as well because Nike, Adidas, all these different companies, they have way too much of a hand in college athletics now. The fact that Oregon gets to wear different uniforms every single day of the week because Phil Knight. Oh, they do? Oh, they, they honestly, not, not even being jokey here but i believe oregon last year played its 10 games in five different uniforms so they had a a home variant they had an away they had an away variant they had like an opening night variant but again it's because phil knight and nike are huge supporters of oregon athletics they can afford to do that because they have a sponsor who will literally throw them anything they want every time they're on national television in an effort to further the school's cause it's great to have boosters, but when your boosters are driving your school to the point where it affects the ability of other schools to compete, I have a major issue with that. There's a difference between a guy who's a rich University of Texas alum who donates a million dollars so you can have a top-rate coach than a guy who donates a million dollars so you can fly a private jet every time you have to go on the road. That, to me, is different. I mean, how do you feel about all this? I'm sitting here babbling on and on and on. I could go on all night about this. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I think it's, it's definitely an issue, especially cause you know, these kids a lot, you know, a lot, they recruit these kids out of high school knowing or kind of assuming that their time in college, if they're going to be as good as they think they're going to be right. They're only going to be in college for six months because the NBA, you can start when you're what? 18. I think you have to be one year out of high school. Yeah. So they're going to go to, they're going to go and play one season in college and then leave. It's going to be a lot of one and dones. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, it's a little bit better in football, but it's still it's the same thing. It's the same thing. I think baseball is different in that you can be drafted and play. As long as you don't play for the major league team, I think you can maintain your amateur status. Because a lot of kids get drafted in high school and go and play in college and then end up playing major league baseball later. So it's different. But yes, it, it does trouble me. It does trouble me a great deal. All right, my turn. Burning question number two. Did you see the end of the Detroit game this week? The heartbreak when Golden Tate did not get into the end zone. I did. Okay, so for those who may not know, Golden Tate scored what was appearing to be a touchdown as he stretched out over the line. I think I just went through puberty there. Not sure what's happened. Oh, (laughs) Um, He stretched out over the line. But upon review, because you review all scoring plays, his knee was down before he stretched out. So the ball is down at like the one yard line. The NFL also has a review uh, a review rule that any play that gets reviewed in the last two minutes, if it's ruled on the offense that someone was down, it should be a live clock. It's a 10 second runoff. So essentially, Golden Tate's knee hits the ground with eight seconds to play, but the game is over. Detroit does not get a chance to run up to the line and run another play does not get a chance to win the game. Is that a fair rule? No. I don't think so. Because games can't end on say like games can't end on a defensive penalty. Well, the idea be- put, the idea before that would be just a defensive lineman 
and defensive ends aren't like leveling people on the last play just to make sure that things don't happen. Right. But then they put the time back on the clock. Correct. So in this case, I don't know. I honestly didn't know about that 10 second runoff rule. I'm not sure that it was applied properly. I've seen a lot of talk about it and there's a follow-up to this. So follow-up to this and you can count as my other question is some guy tweeted at Golden Tate this week that his inability to get that ball across the line cost him his fantasy game. And Golden Tate responded to the guy on Twitter that his job was to win games for the Detroit Lions, not for his fantasy team. And then went on the air and talked about how he loves fantasy football. He plays it himself. However, until FanDuel and DraftKings are signing his checks, he's going to worry solely about the wins and losses of the Detroit Lions. That's fair. And that's my question. Fair or foul? No, that's that's fair for Golden Tate to say. I mean, he didn't, like, slam fantasy owners. And this has come up before. We've had this before where guys have, um, you know, come out and, and, and tweeted at athletes and said, you screwed this up or you killed me on this. Uh, their job isn't to win for you. Their job is not to get you 101 yards. Their job is to get their team into a position where they can win as a group of individuals. Do you know how many times our home league that we've been in for 25 years has oh a bonus God. when you yep. go? Yeah, it's a bonus when you go over 100 yards receiving or running. 98 yards. 99. Do you know how many times yards, I've been between 95 yards? Last season alone, there was at the first four weeks straight. I had somebody at 97 yards running or receiving. And I can remember one time a couple years back, I am struggling to remember who it was. It might have been Priest Holmes. I'm going to go that far back. As a Kansas City Chiefs fan, it might have been Priest Holmes, where the guy had 95 yards receiving and 97 yards rushing. And I just was like, couldn't you have touched the ball one more time? In any way. (laughs) Yes. Absolutely, because you can get both bonuses, and I think I lost that game by like three points. I'm like, either bonus is five points. It would have won me the game. What are you doing to me? But, you know, that's that's the nature of the game. That's the nature of fantasy football. Golden Tate's job is not to win your fantasy football league. It is not to win you the millionaire maker. It is to go out there and win games for the Detroit Lions. Did the Detroit Lions win this week? No. Then he failed in his objective. That's it. He doesn't need you on Twitter reminding him of it. You I'm know? sure he remembers. You know, that would be like somebody hacking our account and going, hey, Britt, your downloads were down last week. How do you feel about that? What the hell do you, what the hell, I don't care. (laughs) We want people to listen to the podcast. We we really appreciate everyone who listens to it. But if 10 people fewer downloaded last week than this week or 10 people more, it doesn't change that we enjoy what we do. So, all right, Craig. So that was my kind of double question. So finish us off with one more question. Okay, so I'm gonna drink my delicious partly, uh, Rosemary's baby while you do it. There you go. Feel this free actually to take involves a sip beer. Of ginger ale. This involves beer. So the beer industry, especially the craft beer industry, especially in our state, yeah, has taken off. Yeah, it's leveled off. I think in the last years. like six to twelve months, but yes, in the last like five it's years, it's been off. skyrocketing. Yes. Do you think, in general, not just here, but in general, do you think it? craft beer is getting oversaturated like there are too now there are too many tiny breweries maybe um and this is before we went on the air i asked craig because he's a, he and i are both a fan of last week tonight with john oliver and i said to him before we went, went on the air tonight i said uh did you watch last week tonight and he said no and i said you need to one of the things he talks about is 
corporate conglomeration where bigger companies eat up small businesses. And it talked a little bit about how Anheuser-Busch bought out the Goose Island brand in order to make sure they had a quote unquote craft entry into the market. You know, Goose Island is made at the same plants that makes Bud Light. It's on their headquarters. The Goose Island brand marketing division and their headquarters is on Budweiser Drive. I'm not even joking about that. It was in the in the thing. I did not know that. So I think it's a matter of time before you start to see larger breweries start to gobble up some of the smaller ones. I think what you need to see, and I'm thinking about this. I, it's actually funny you bring this up because I was thinking about this in light of the last week tonight article that we uh, I watched last night. I think what they need to do is they need to band together. So within five miles of where I currently sit is my beloved okay. Two Roads, Fairfield Craft Ales, another wonderful facility, Brewport, a brewing restaurant, and Aspatuck Brewing Lab. What if those four companies came together and said, we're going to distribute as one. We're going to push all our brands together and formed like a mini conglomerate of four brands. Because that's essentially what what is now called AB InBev, used to be called Anheuser-Busch, is. It's 17 different beer brands, all distributed by one giant company. So why not bond together and work together to make, to make like a mutual survival thing? Because I do worry that the craft beer industry is going to start to collapse. It leveled off. 2016 was the first year it didn't grow in over six years. It's a concern. Okay, I've just spent like okay. 10 minutes talking. you got to no, say that's something fine. now. <laughs> no, I, uh, I agree. I think that um, that idea you had that idea you had could work. That could definitely work. Because I do like the fact that there is a tiny little brewery that I really could walk to if I wanted to. Literally, Aspatuck is probably, what, a 5 to 10 minute walk from here? Uh, yeah, probably like 10 minutes. 12 minute stumble? Probably. Um, you know, we're blessed in that, in that remark, which is probably why we drink so much beer while we podcast is because there are just great breweries around us. It's like, um, it's like pizza. Cause you know, there's, there's places in this country where people think that pizza hut Domino's and uh, Papa John's are, is pizza. There's a reason Domino's is the best selling pizza in America and it has nothing to do with the fact that Domino's is great pizza. And we just lost any chance of a Domino's sponsorship right there. Hell, they know. It's all right. But I mean, you go to Iowa that's, Domino's is gourmet. Yeah. Whereas same thing here, <clears throat> a five minute walk from here, we're at like four or five different pizza places. Yeah, exactly. With different kinds of pizza. And, and all five of those places are better to me than Domino's or any of the national brands. You know, and this is coming from a guy who loves Papa John's. Don't get me wrong. I barbecue chicken pizza was born there in my opinion. <laughs> that was the first time I ever had it, and now everybody carries it. But that yeah, that's the place I go when I want my my barbecue chicken pizza, and they make fantastic stuff. I'll tell you a funny story. All right, here we go. First distraction. Start the timer. See that? Fifteen ten. Here we go. Um, when I was working in Norwalk, they opened a Papa John's at the end of the street from where one of the facilities I had to work out of was there, and I used to work late on Thursday nights. So one Thursday night, I stop and I get a barbecue chicken pizza because I've heard so much about it, and I go home. And as I was living with my father at the time, I was in my twenties. And uh, my father was always and still is early to bed and early to rise. He works as a courier, so he's never up late. Well, for whatever reason, I got home at like 830 that night and he was awake and he couldn't sleep. And so I said, would you like a slice of pizza? And he tried it. The next Thursday, I get a text message. 
at four o'clock in the afternoon with his pizza order. <laughs> he had liked the pizza so much that he went on the Papa John's website, looked up the different specialty pizzas they had, and decided he wanted to try something new. Every Thursday for the next six months, my father texted me a pizza order from Papa John's. And when I say I, Norwalk, for those of you who are not in our area, Norwalk to Bridgeport's about 30 minute drive without traffic, maybe 2025. 20, it's not like this pizza was piping hot when it walked through the door. It was 20 minutes old. And he would wait up on Thursday night in bed every night of the week at seven o'clock, except Thursdays when I would get home between 830 and 9 p.m. just so he could have Papa John's pizza. And those nights where he absolutely did not feel like he could stay up, he would text me an order and tell me to put it in the fridge and he would have it the next day. So, you know, there are people who really love that stuff out there. But in our area, there's a lot of good pizza. Right, yes, that was so only a two minute diversion. Being, uh, blessing of being in the tri-state area for pizza. You know, my wife will tell you it's something about the water. She swears it has <laughs> something to no, do with that's the water. The, that's the bagels in New York. She swears, and she lived a year and a half in Arizona. She swears that it's something about the water and how they make the dough with the water that affects how good the pizza is out here. So it's because of Long Island Sound. But I mean, and it's not. It. It's not really. It's not really just Long Island Sound. I mean, yes, the further you get from New York, if you drew, drew concentric circles, I think the private pizza gets worse. But like. North Carolina, Virginia, those places, their pizza isn't as nearly as bad as, like, Ohio. Ohio does not know how to make a pizza. You know? I, I don't know. I've never been there. Maybe one day I'll see the Bengals. The play. only reason I would go to Ohio is for a Hall of Fame. That's it. How far is Cincy from Canton? I, I don't have a map in front of me. No, I don't have to look up the map. Damn it. I, 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 would, I would consider doing that. But otherwise, you're not going to get... Why on earth would I stand... It's in the middle of the dumb zone. I just I can't. I don't know. I can't. For the dumbs for those of you who don't know, the dumb zone is any state that does not touch water and the exceptions to that are Louisiana and Texas. I'm a I'm I'm very liberal politically, so places that tend to be very conservative, I consider to be off limits and I refer to it just generally as the dumb zone. I'm not saying the people there are dumb. It just would be dumb for me to go there is what I'm saying. So Ohio being landlocked is squarely in the middle of what I consider to be the dumb zone. So I, I can't see myself going there, but that's where the football hall of fame is. And I think that's the only one I have left. I've done baseball. I've done hockey. Where's hockey? Hockey's in Toronto in oh. a mall. In, what? In a mall. Like a shopping mall. That is correct, sir. The entrance to the hockey hall of fame is in a food court. I can't keep a straight face even as I say it, but it's absolutely true. I did not know that. Okay, so you go into the mall. Now, it's 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 a separate building that's attached to the mall. They kind of built a mall around it, but the entrance is in the mall. So you go down into this food court, and at the end of it, for those of you who know the Trumbull Mall, and Craig does, where the Kids RS used to be at the end of the, how there was like that one retail store at the end of the old food court, that's yep. what it's like. It's like this one storefront at the far end of a food court. It makes no sense being there. But that's where the entrance to the Hockey Hall of Fame is. And it, oh man, was it glorious. It was fantastic. It's not, I won't call it a full day trip, but Toronto had so many wonderful things to see. We were there for three days and I still feel like I would love to go back and see more. But the Hockey Hall of Fame was fabulous and there was Hartford Whalers stuff, Craig. Oh, There was Whalers stuff, yes. There is a kiosk where you can put on headphones and listen to what they call sounds of the NFL. 
NFL, and one of the NFL, buttons plays NHL. Brass Bonanza. What do they say? You said NFL. Damn it. And NHL, yes. You put on the headphones and you press the button and you hear Brass Bonanza. Nice. And I'm not even joking That's when I awesome. say this. I was surrounded. I had like a six-year-old on one side and this eight-year-old little girl on the other side, and I was starting to tear up. Because I'm sitting there listening to Brass Bonanza. I'm like, why did the whale have to move? <laughs> so it was nice. But my wife even enjoyed it. And she's a passing hockey fan. She's not a major hockey fan. but And that's where the cup lives. Which, by the way, stupid trivia fact. Did you know there's actually two cups? I did not. There are two Stanley Cups. One that's considered an in-residence cup that never leaves the Hockey Hall of Fame. And there's the other one that goes and lives with, with a team. team. Yes, and they are absolutely identical. Um if you go, unless you go at the end of the year, you'll see all the existing trophies, the Lady Bing, the Calder Cup, all those trophies are in the Hockey Hall of Fame. And it was amazing that you actually, if the cup is not in residence there now, the traveling cup, for whatever reason, the vault where the cup is kept is open and you can walk in and the old rings are stacked up inside of a case. You oh. can see the champions because the rings come off as they age. Um, it was really amazing. So, oh, that's cool. So there, there's a six minute not, distraction about not, not football. That. There you go. But hey, you asked. I did ask. How do we get on this? Um, am I worried about craft breweries? Breweries, yes. Boy, well that was got there to run. We were way. down the rabbit hole on that one, kids. <laughs> All right, let's talk about week three. Uh, week three was bad. I haven't finished doing my write up on week three. But I did look briefly at who made value and who didn't. As you guys typically know, I like to give like three picks. Somebody who's value value picked, um, someone who's in the top five, a chalk pick, and then who I'm using. No one under the Brits picks heading made value this week. No one. No one. Absolutely zero. Um, Aaron Rodgers was my chalk pick. He made value. A.J. Green was my chalk pick at wide receiver. He made value. But Brit's picks were absolutely brutal in week three. Now, normally I would sit there and I would say, okay, I'm sorry. This is all my fault kind of thing. I'm really sorry, guys. I'll try to do better. Um, but I can tell you right now from listening to Fantasy Radio on Sirius XM, every single person who was on that station said, hey, I screwed up this week. We all did. There was a number of people who said Buck Allen was going to have a big day in London. Can someone explain to me, too, why Buck Allen was not like it was nowhere did he get hurt no terrence west he didn't touch the ball by the time he touched the ball terrence west had already touched the ball five times and fumbled they were down by 20 points by the time they really involved javorius allen in the offense and i cannot understand it uh i don't know i it just you thrust west down our throats and i don't understand it so, uh, positive things that were a little bit shocking, but positive. Uh, we saw some signs of life out of the Cincy offense. We did. Uh, we saw a bigger share of Joe Mixon, which we were talking we about did. seeing. Um, and, you know, he might work his way into my starting lineup now because, you know, they're playing Cleveland. They are playing Cleveland. So Maybe it'll be one in three next week. Right. Um, so, there's that, you know. Uh, kind of a side-burning question that I don't want to spend a lot of time on, but just a really quick one. So we only have two undefeated teams left in the NFL after after three weeks of play, and it's the Chiefs and the Falcons. Who's the last one to fall? Because there's no question they're both going to lose. There's no question in my mind. There's no way we see a 10-0 and or better team this year. It's not going to happen. But who loses first, the Chiefs or the Falcons? Uh, who are they playing this week? I'm glad you asked because at the suggestion of our dear friend John, I printed out the matchup so we can stop saying, who are they playing this week? 
Okay, well, I'll tell you this right now. The Redskins are visiting the Chiefs on Monday night. Okay. That's a oh, Monday night football my team's on? There you go. Oh, Monday, October 2nd. Don't anybody make plans. Christy, listen to me. No <laughs> plans Monday, October 2nd. I'm going to be in front of the TV. And the Falcons are hosting the Bills. Really? Yeah. I, I think I, they both win this week, personally. They're both going to win this week. But, I mean, realistically speaking, realistically, you've seen both teams. Which one is the last one to lose? I'm going to go with the Chiefs because I feel like they have more momentum than the Falcons. That win over the Patriots was huge. That was huge. It was it was huge. huge. It was huge. It was um, the biggest win in the history of wins. Yeah. All right. So, I do. I agree with that. I I, I the Falcons. The Falcons defense. are just a good team, but I think the Chiefs have a lot more momentum behind them. The Chiefs play a harder schedule because they have to play the AFC East. Well, it looked harder. Well, maybe not anymore. They, they've already beaten the Patriots. They could conceivably sweep the division right now. They could. They've beaten the Patriots. That, uh, which brings me <laughs> to my next week three point. Okay, so okay. I, I think the Falcons will lose before the Chiefs. You think the Falcons will lose before the Chiefs. Yes. I think both defenses – I think the defense of the Chiefs is slightly better than the defense of the Falcons, and that's going to be the difference right there. So, um, the Patriots. Texans-Patriots this week. Did yeah, you that... think that game was going to be that close? No, I did not. I did not get a chance to watch it. I was hanging with my family. Um, my brother is a huge Patriots fan, and we turned it on the start of the fourth quarter – with Houston losing, Houston winning, and we were shocked. We were like, what the heck is going on here? Is this really going to hold up? And, of course, Tom Brady in his magic pajamas came out and took care of everything. As but that, that does happen a lot. It does. But I'm just kind of like, my brother looked at me and went, I, my brother was confident they would come back and win because he has a lot of faith in his team, and, and, and they're good. Offensively, they're good. Defensively, they're not so good. No. The Patriot defense is nothing to be afraid of right now. So, you know, uh, and who do the Patriots have this week? Uh, let's schedule? go to the list. Where is the list? Who's that guy? Patriots are hosting the Panthers. Oh, I'm not really worried about. I'm not. Uh, Cam Newton. No, what? he hurt his ankle again. Did he really? Yep. Oh. His surgical. Well, he hurt it last, last two weeks. Well, uh, week two. Oh. So it was his surgically repaired ankle. And once a quarterback gets hurt. Like, he's never – they're never the same because they're always worried about getting hurt again. Say it with me. <laughs> I don't know. I, I can't see um, Carolina being the Patriots. But I also thought the Chiefs had no chance against the Patriots too. So, we'll see what happens there. So, there were some surprises in week three. Marquise Lee. Marquise Lee shows up one game a year. He does, and that could have been it. Let, let me Good be – Good thing I put him in my flex in another league. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Wait a minute, Marquise Lee? Am I thinking of the right guy? No, you are. The tight end from Jacksonville? Oh, no, he's a receiver. No, who's the tight end from Jacksonville had the really big day? Oh, damn it. Who's that guy? <laughs> Actually, what happened with Jacksonville in general? Ja- Jacksonville went into London and looked like they just looked like they were home. Baltimore looked like they didn't have the faintest clue what they were doing. Seriously, I, I don't know what to say. Their game planning was terrible. I am not an NFL coach. I haven't coached anything other than peewees of any sport ever. But I can tell you right now, that was just really bad preparation and coaching. They were completely outclassed by Jacksonville. And that's a sentence I never thought I would ever say in my entire life. 
But um, their tight end had three touchdowns. Oh, Mercedes Lewis. There you go. There it is. Sorry. I, it was you know what it is? You know what it is? There it is. It's phonetic. It's ML. It's the same initials, and they're on the same team. So Mercedes Lewis had three touchdowns. That's the one time a year Mercedes Lewis shows up. Do not be tempted to use Mercedes Lewis in your DFS lineups this week. Do not be tempted to go out and pick up Mercedes Lewis off of the wire. He will finish the year with five touchdowns, and he had three of them last week. Just remember that. He has uh, 13 games left. I had to do that math in my head really quick. Man, he has 13 games left, and he has two more touchdowns in him. That's just the nature of his role on the team. It's nothing against him. It's just the nature of his role on the team. Do not go out and pick up Mercedes Lewis and think he is the savior (laughs) of your tight end situation because tight ends have been rough too. Travis Kelsey, one target, one catch this week. That's it? That's it. 1.8 points. Wow. Top-rate tight end. Meanwhile, T.Y. Hilton killed me in season-long. The dude has not shown up for like eight straight games, and he drops a 30 on me this week in our season-long and kills me. Absolutely murders me. Well, our season-long, I won by pure miracle. You you left points on the bench this week and still won. I did. So what happened there? Well, because I have DeMarco Murray. Everyone's like, oh, we don't know if he's going to play. Hurt his hamstring. Don't start him. Derrick Henry was seeing a bigger <clears throat> role. I, can, I, I don't blame him. He had who 23 did, points. Who did you start over him? Frank Gore. Who had 12 uh, points. Yeah, I probably would have started Gore, too. And then I had Stefan Diggs on my bench. Who did you start instead of it, though? That's the key. Funches. <sighs> yeah, Funches had nine points. And as we know, Stefan Diggs had 38 Stefan Diggs. Because Sam Bradford wasn't going to play. I wasn't sure how he was going to do with this new quarterback. I know a lot of people who bench Diggs this week. I do. I really do. I know a lot of people. Here's your problem with Stefan Diggs. Stefan Diggs is going to average 20 fantasy points every single year for his entire career. He's going to average you 20 fantasy points a game. But he's going to get 45 plus three or four weeks of the year and be five or less the rest of the time. And that's what it is. So on paper, it's like, well, Stefan Diggs averaged 20 fantasy points. But if you take out his top two and worst two weeks, he averages like seven. Yeah. It's not he, – he's very hit or miss. Yep. And I can't figure it out. And last season, you remember, by week three or four, he had like three games that were 30-plus. And everybody was picking up Stefan Diggs like crazy. Then he posted a zero, and he posted like a 1.6, and then like a 3.4. And it was like, oh, my God, everyone's dropping Stefan Diggs again. I don't know what it is. If it's matchup dependency, I just don't know. Whatever it is, Stefan Diggs is not consistent enough. Not the enough. answer. He's the answer in a... You know what? You know where Stefan Diggs is genius? A best ball league. There you go. A league where you don't set a lineup and your computer automatically takes your best players. Stefan Diggs is PPR gold in a in a, 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 a best ball league. But most of us don't play in best ball leagues, so you got to figure is out... Our, is our best ball league PPR? Yes, I think it's a half point. Okay. It's a half point PPR, so yes. Yes. So, week three was terrible. I can tell you that I listened to the Fantasy Guru on Monday morning, and he did an entire segment entitled, I'm Sorry. Um, (laughs) Not even joking. I I can't remember what the pop reference is. I think it was a Seinfeld episode where somebody turns around to one of them and just goes, sorry. But they kept playing that terrible soundbite 
all the time. People would call in and be like, yeah, Guru, you told me to start Buck Allen. He only scored like six points. And they would play the soundbite. Sorry. Really? Oh, it was hysterical. <laughs> it was hysterical. And he was owning all of it. This is, we, we guess, folks. We go on trends. We go on statistics. We look at things. And we do our best to kind of figure out who's going to do well and where. It's not an exact science. If it were an exact science, it would not nearly be as much fun as it is trying to outguess your buddies and outguess people on FanDuel and DraftKings. So please keep that in mind. So when you send me some hate mail, you know, I only had three pieces of mail this week, by the way, on the podcast, three pieces of mail, and they were all about the NFL protests. Good. So this is the part where I tell you that we are not going to talk anymore other than this five seconds about the NFL protests. We have already issued our statement. It's on our website. Enjoy it. And with that, we're going to move on to uh, week four. Week three stunk. Yeah, let's forget about week three. Week three completely stunk. You know, I went from up like two dollars on um, my DFS accounts to down like seven. So really, yeah, yeah. I wagered my normal amount and I didn't cash on anything last week because it was terrible. I had Buck Allen and Derek Carr virtually across the board. Oh yeah, what happened with that Red that Redskins game? I fell asleep. It was so bad by I, like the. Middle of third quarter, I think I was asleep. I went to bed because I couldn't watch it. It was that it was unwatchable. It was unwatchable. I heard today on the radio that somebody horrible. was talking about there's a bunch of guys that the, the, you know the whole saber metrics thing where people look at these weird intangibles like snap counts and time on the field and covered yeah. by who and and they say that from an offensive standpoint, the Oakland Raiders are the worst NFL team in saber metrics. Really? That they are the worst team. And Sabermetrics is supposed to also predict um, consistency. And so that that's what we saw the other night. We saw a team that just did not know what it was doing. I saw drops left and right. When the commentator, and I think it was, it was Sean McDonough. Sean McDonough says, and that's a drop by Amari Cooper, and that has become a theme. Yeah, what what's up with him? He had a lot of drops in his rookie year, and then last year he was fine, and then this year he went back. They must stop using that glue stuff they use in the replacements movie on his hands. <laughs> you know? Are they going to do Sydney to football jail? Send him to football jail, I guess. I don't know what to tell you. It was bad. It was bad. But literally, Derek Carr and Buck Allen were the foundations of my team this week because they looked like reliable outputs. And before this, Derek Carr was a reliable output. And I have him my season long, too, which killed me this week. Um, I lost by like 25 and that was a combination of Derek Carr's ineptitude and uh, T.Y. Hilton deciding he, oh, I can catch the ball. I forgot about that. <laughs> so, all right. So anyway, week four. So we are recording this early because tomorrow is my wedding anniversary. And You're married? I am. Huh. There is a woman at home. Well, she's not at home tonight. She's out with her friends. But uh, there is a woman at home that uh, I... I Go and I, I spend the evenings with. Uh, you were at my wedding. How do you not remember that? <laughs> did you? Did you? Th- we did go through a lot of Rosemary's Baby that night. We did. So um, that's a quick. That's a good quick story. I gotta tell that story. So I bought. Uh, we did our own wedding. We did it very low key, and I bought two cases of beer in addition to wine and a ton of soda and a ton of wine and all that stuff. Bought two cases of beer. I bought an entire case of Rosemary's Baby, and then. Uh, a case of assorted beers from two roads. They were the official beer sponsor of our wedding. And by that, I just meant that's where I bought all my beer about 
20 minutes after the ceremony, I decided that now things were starting to go well. The caterer was in place. Everybody was happy. I was going to have a beer. So I reached into the cooler and there's no Rosemary's Baby. I went, my guests went through 24 bottles of Rosemary's Baby before they went through six bottles of their other brands. So I ended up, I think I ended up drinking at no limits and I was grumpy (laughs) on my own wedding day. I'm like, are you kidding me? I can't even have a Rosemary's Baby on my own wedding day. You should have hit some. Yeah, I. you know what? In retrospect, if I ever get a time machine, that'll be what I go back and do. Britt, hide a bottle. <laughs> hide a bottle. Anyway. All right, so week four. So this week, we're recording early. I don't have my stats. I am working off of matchups. Now, normally, one of the rules of thumbs that I like to use in picking my DFS matchups, I look to look at the Vegas lines. And I like to look at... The over-unders, a lot of people do this. You'll hear about a lot about this on the different expert sites and the expert radio shows. If it's a high over-under or significantly higher than everybody else, that means a lot of offense. Those are places you should look for people to have high scores. Makes sense, right? Makes if the sense. over-under is 52, then that means Vegas thinks there's going to be about 52 points. That means there's going to be a lot of points scored. There's a potential for more touchdowns and stuff. Well, I looked at the over-unders this week. Are you ready? All 42 points. <laughs> there is... Oh, here you go. This is a burning question I should have had for you. There is three games where the over-under line is 49 and a half. All three of them are the highest scoring games of the week. I'm handing Craig the list of games. Okay. Three of those games are over-unders 49 and a half. I'll give you three strikes on it. Get the three teams. Wow. All right. Let's see what we got here. Um, I'm going to guess it's not involving the Colts. You don't get the process of elimination. Tell me who it is. Damn it. All right. 49. All right. I'm going to go Vikings-Lions. No. Strike one. Damn it. All right. Let's try for Saints-Dolphins. Saints-Dolphins is a 49.5 over-under. That is one of them. Two more. All right. Let's go with Panthers-Patriots. No. Oh, really? That's strike two. You get one more shot. Two. Uh, Chiefs-Redskins. Chiefs-Redskins is the second 49-and-a-half game. He might pull this off. Uh-oh. He's got one last guess. And to be Ooh. honest with you, I don't have it right in front of me, so i got to look at your list. All right. Um, Let's see. Giants? No. No. This is a hard one. Bears-Packers. No. Damn it. The other game that is going to be 49 and a half was Bills Falcons. Really? Bills Falcons. Okay, so 49 and a half. Normally there's a couple games in the 50 range, and those are the games you want to target. Right. We got three games at 49 and a half. Those are the top. There's no one in 50 or 52. There's only, already, I'm handing you back the list right now. There's only one game with an over under under 40. Under 40. Every single game, with the exception of one, is between 40 and 49 and a half points this week. And I will tell you, the one that's not, the over-under is 39 and a half. Jaguars-Jets. That is correct. The Jaguars-Jets <laughs> over-under is 39 and a half. So you normally look, you dismiss the guys who are like 35 points or 30 points or less, the defensive battles, and you look for the guys over 50. So the one week Britt needs to record early and doesn't have time to run statistics, he sits down and finds there's nobody in the dismiss (laughs) range and there's nobody in the must-use range. So it's a free-for-all. It's a free-for-all, kids. 
So then I started to look at matchups I liked. And I started to really go matchup dependent on my DFS lineup. And that's really where I ended up. So with that in mind, so this week is not a good week for the over-under. Now, if you are in Las Vegas and you are betting responsibly, I would guarantee you that most of these games are going to end up in the under. There's been a lot of offense this year, but you're telling me that games like, um, oh, let's find one, Steelers-Ravens is going to score over 40 points? Uh, those are always tough games. It's a divisional game. Yeah. It's team histor- teams historically that play each other really tough. You're telling me those are going to be over 40 points? Bengals-Browns? It's going to be over 40 points? I mean, that could be. <laughs> it could be. I don't think it's going to be. All right, come on. Giants-Buccaneers. That's going to be like I think the 17 o- to 10. I think the over-under in that was 47. I don't really? have it right in front of me, but it was. So, I, you know what? Honestly, you want to make some money this weekend in Vegas? Go into a sports book and put $5 on every game and take the under. Because I guarantee you more unders are going to come out than overs. I really just feel that way. I really do. You know? So, anyway. All right, moving on. So, Craig, do you have a DFS lineup that you're using for your cash games in week four? Um, or are you still yeah. formulating? It's it's, it's still, early this week. It's early this week. I'm still guessing. So then let's not talk, guessing, but let's talk a little bit about, about who it. I'm going to use, and and then you can chime in and, and say right. if there's someone you like. Sure. Um, I'm looking at Andy Dalton this week in my quarterback spot. I you dropped him. I did. I almost picked him back up today. <laughs> he is, according to uh, CBS, the number one free agent in our league. He is because he's playing the Browns. Because he's playing the Browns, which is why I'm using him. He is playing the Browns, and he is not very expensive. He is going to only cost you $5,800. Now, the guys who are in those premier matchups, mainly Redskins, Chiefs, and Saints, Dolphins. Um, and what was the other one? The Falcons and the Bills. You can't. I, I'm not confident in using Drew Brees because it's outdoors. I'm not going to use Jake Cutler because he's going to throw 17 interceptions. The only question is how many yards he throws before that. Redskins, Chiefs, both have decent pass defenses. I'm not really big on it. Although Kirk Cousins could go in there and actually wreak some havoc, but it's in Kansas City, so I'm not confident in it. Bills, no, I'm not going to use Tyrod Taylor, and I'm not really sure where Matt Ryan is. Matt Ryan has not had that big game yet this year, so I am being very cautious with him. Is there any quarterback that stands out to you this week? Now, see, because they're playing at home, I was leaning towards Alex Smith. I just I, after but, seeing that game with the Chargers, yeah, I know Chargers with the um the Pats. Well, Chiefs with the Pats, and then the Raiders playing the Redskins. Yeah, and the Chiefs being at home, so I'm leaning towards Alex. Smith. It's not a bad choice. Um, I think he's actually more expensive than Andy Dalton. I don't know. Uh, he is. He's sixty three. Okay, there you go. So I mean, I would probably stick with Andy Dalton. In that case, I for think the money. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing you're going to see in my lineup this week. There is a definite um, theme in that I am going cheaper in certain areas and more expensive in others. And okay. this is one of the areas I'm going cheaper because I think he's going to be better. So our running backs, I am going chalk and risky this week. Okay. I am using Kareem Hunt Okay. because I think Washington can be run on. Uh, and I'm also using Alvin Kamara because I think this is going to be the game where he really kind of establishes himself as the number one in that backfield. He had 10 points this week. He's been on the upswing every single week. He's been getting more and more points. I think this is the week where he breaks out. Kareem Hunt's averaging 34.6 points on DraftKings. He's averaging 34.6. 
I'm going to ride this bus until it breaks down. <laughs> now, it could very well break down against Washington. Washington's defense is very, very good. You know, um, looking at the matchup, they give up the second fewest rushing yards in the NFL, 62.3. I'm not worried about that yet. He's already run through the Philly defense and the New England defense. The Charger defense is, like, not there. So I'm not going to count them, but I am definitely going to ride Kareem Hunt. So I'm running Hunt, uh, riding with Hunt and Kamara. Anybody that stands out to you? Um, this week I'm leaning towards Hyde and Mixon. I think Joe Mixon's going to continue to see an increased role. I think that's and an excellent point. I actually would like, you know, now you think about it, what's Mixon costing you? Uh, Mixon is 57. See, that's a little bit more than Kamara's at 3,900. That's why I probably would go there. Otherwise, I would look at that. And San Francisco is uh, at the Cardinals. Divisional game, tough defense, but Carlos Hyde has looked really good. Really, really good. So I can't blame you there. Wide receiver. All right, ready? I'm going high and I'm going low. Okay. I'm going A.J. Green because I'm using Andy Dalton, and I think A.J. Green has turned a corner. And again, it's Cleveland. Because it's Cleveland. It's Cleveland. All he needs to do is get one guy out of position, and he is gone. That's it. doesn't have to be like nine or ten targets. It can be five targets, and he still makes value there. What's he costing me this week? He's costing me 8600 So I realistically, I, I need a big game out of him. I need 25 or 26 points for him to make value, but that's entirely possible at this point. I'm using A.J. Green. My second is Michael Thomas. Because as much as I don't have a lot of faith in Drew Brees being outdoors, if he does have to throw in that game against Miami, I think he's throwing to Michael Thomas. All right. Um, I also think he's got a chance to throw to Kobe Fleener. So I have Kobe Fleener. You know, uh, shocking spoiler. I'm using Kobe Fleener on my tight end. So, you know, as much as I sit there and go, I can't trust Drew Drew Brees, I am using two of his, his favorite targets. But then if you're using Michael Thomas and you're using A.J. Green, you better save money somewhere. The two of them combine for $15,900 a salary. That's a lot of money. That's like a quarter of your salary. So how am I saving money? Geronimo Allison. Really? (laughs) $4,100. Green Bay. He has seen, uh, he saw nothing in week one, 5.4 points in week two. And week three had a really strong outing. Six for 122, 21.2 points. I don't think he's going to get a 20-point game out of this. And I think his ownership is going to be high because at 4,100, if he gets to 15 points, he's value. That's fair. So who are you looking at in the wide receiver ranks? Who do you like this week? Uh, let me go back to that list. Shall I? You shall. Uh, so I went with Green again because it's, I'm kind of going with anyone who's playing the Browns. <laughs> yes, that's a that's a pretty stable philosophy there. I'm going with Brown with uh, Green because he's playing the Browns. I'm. Um, Went with Parker. He's a little bit in the middle of price range. He's 67. From Miami. From Miami. Cutler, if if that... I feel like that game has a potential to turn into a shootout. Yeah, it does. I think they were a 47 or 48 uh, over-under as well. The only issue... If Cutler starts letting loose, it's going to be Parker who's letting loose to. So I like like that pick a great deal. Uh, And my other one on the cheaper end for third receiver, I went with Shepard in for the Giants. He's one of the top pickups this week. And they're I, playing Tampa Bay. I just can't resolve my disgust for Eli Manning. 
he is the only man on earth who can score 35 points and then come back and score 12. The guy throws touchdowns and looks confused. The guy throws interceptions and looks confused. The guy drinks a Gatorade and he looks confused. It's he's just all over the place. So, all right. Well, I used uh, I did disclose I'm using Kobe Fleener at tight end. He's only 3400, which is why I was uh, drawn to him. I think he has a potential. I mean, he's averaging 10.6 points for 3400. That's value. That he is. Needs, he needs 10.2 points to make value, and he's averaging 10.6. I can live with that. So, who are you using a tight end this week? Uh, tight end. I went. Well, I have to move some. I might move my flex around, but right now I have right. Miller from the Bears. Zach Miller? Yes. It's not a terrible matchup. I think Green Bay's, Green Bay's linebacker crew is pretty good, but I think if they can get some switch-ups out there, he could Although be potentially move, really good. I might switch my flex around and put in Bennett instead. Yeah, Martellus Bennett <clears throat> looks good too. And did you know Vernon Davis still plays? Yes, and he's in Washington. He is. And I was very surprised by that. <laughs> he's killing me because every time Jordan Reed misses a game, I have to use Eric Ebron in season long, and it's it's really eating at my soul. So, um, anyway, okay. So my flex, my flex this week, I've got Jameson. I've got Jameson Crowder. Um, I I know he hasn't been great, but his numbers have been going up every week. Three point four, eight point seven, ten point two points this past week. He needs to get to fifteen to be value, and he's trending the right way. I do think that you can throw Kansas City's defense is solid. Don't get me wrong. And I said that earlier. I do think you can throw on them in the right situations and the right packages. And I think that Kansas City is going to get out to an early lead and force Washington to throw. So I'm kind of writing him as, as my flex option this week. So who, so who do you like in the flex as of uh, now? I have Kamara in my flex. Who I had in my RBs is a saving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 I really really am high on him this week. I don't know what it is. Again, I have no numbers to back this up. I just got a feeling that he is really, his involvement continues to grow. Again, three straight weeks, weeks one, two, and three, his number's gone up every single week. How can you not love that? You know? So, all right, last but not least, who are we using on defense? Um, To go with my trend. <laughs> and after seeing them play against Green Bay, I was impressed that they look like they know how to play football again. I'm going with the Bengals defense. You're going with the Bengals defense? Seriously? You're going totally homer on me. I am. You're going with a team that scored four points against Baltimore and seven points against Houston. And then managed 14 points against Green Bay because it became a shootout and they were able to kind of, you know, get a pick and and keep things in front of them. That's that's where they you're had going. They like seven sacks. Seven sacks. You think they're going to get seven sacks against Cleveland? They might get ten. It's Cleveland. Well, let me tell you who I'm picking, all right, because I I don't necessarily like this. I'm picking the Cincinnati Bengals for my defensive team. (laughs) That's absolutely what I have on the screen. Craig is verifying right now and laughing at me. I have the Cincinnati Bengals. They are only 3,500. There are stronger options at defense this week. There is no doubt, but there is not a stronger option at 3,500. Exactly. Wait a minute. What is this? Uh Uh-oh. I'm trying to get the salaries to come up. Here what we go. Do? The Seahawks at 4100, they're playing against Indianapolis. If you've got the money laying around, yeah, that might be decent. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, they've been really strong. They're only 3600, but I, you know, Packers at 3600, no. Steelers at 3500, no. I will take the team playing against the Cleveland Browns at $3500 every single day of the week because 
they can score 10 to 15 points. 10 sacks is 10 points right then that and there. Up. As long as they don't give up more than three touchdowns in the process, they're plus 10 already and they're 3,500. That's value. They need 10.5 points, kids. It's it's not that big of a deal. So, um, you know, that's those are, those are my primary picks this week. Now, obviously, it's early in the week. Like I said, we're recording this early this week. Things may change. I'll post an update on the website on Friday or Saturday, updating my picks. But those those are my picks. That's the that's the lineup I'm going with uh, this week. Um, you know, so I, I I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty pleased with that. You know, I think I think it's I think I think things are going to start to normalize a little bit. I think now we're starting to see who people are. Um, I'm surprised you did not work Christian McCaffrey somewhere into your lineup because no. he had a good week for you last he week. He did for finally. And you were you were concerned about him. I was. He wasn't really perform. I'm kind of concerned about the Panthers in general. <laughs> That's fair. That's um, fair. He Craig texted out uh, Sunday to a, a, a circle of us who all watch football that he thought the Christian McCaffrey experiment was over, and this was before Christian McCaffrey blew up in the point, second half. At that point, he had half. like three points. Yeah, he had like two carries <laughs> or one reception. Or it, was, it was not pretty. So I immediately said, you know what? I smell blood in the water. I went on and I sent Craig a trade offer because I know he's got Alvin Kamara. I offered him Mark Ingram. Send him Mark Ingram for Christian McCaffrey straight up. And I shut my phone down because it was with my family. And I came back like two hours later. Still there. And the trade was still there. But suddenly Christian McCaffrey had 25 points. And all of a sudden I was like, well, so much for that trade offer. I mean, if you still want to do it, I would do it in a heartbeat. I think I, I see wisdom to linking Ingram and Kamara because if one of them goes down, the other one is absolutely going to pick up the slack. I don't think Adrian Peterson's ever going to be something in New Orleans. No, but I what don't. if what if Adrian Peterson becomes something in Philadelphia? That's you a possibility. That be a thing. That's a possibility, and he's on our waiver wire. If he because I dropped him, that's how I know he's on our waiver wire. If he were to be traded to Philadelphia tomorrow. The fab implications in our pickup would be massive. I think you're looking at fifty dollar bids, at least. What's the word on Sproles? Uh, he's done for the year. No, he's done. Done, done. Well, Forever? he said he said this year probably was going to be his last year, and considering he broke his knee and his arm on the same play, is that what happened? Yeah, he tore again, his, I was with family all weekend. He tore his ACL or MCL, and he broke his arm. Wow. And he's he's done. Wow, I, I don't even know how this to. This was supposed to, that. to be his like comeback year, and uh, uh, the universe had other plans. You know what? He may he may and unless a doctor tells him it's a bad idea to even try it, he might pull a Steve Smith and come back for one more year because his last year was shortened by injury. I could see him doing it. I really could. But I also could see Philadelphia calling New Orleans right now. I I've definitely heard reports that they are shopping around and looking for somebody. So. I can see that Maybe happening. Maybe this is why New Orleans actually signed Peterson. Is for a swap? You, you know, go three deep so, at running because, back and just wait? Because, I mean, if you look at their offense, he doesn't fit into it at all. No, he like doesn't. Like the, the type of offense they, they run. No, he doesn't. But, I mean, that also might be working against New Orleans in this case. If they know that other teams want him and he wants out, then, you know, Philly could sit there and wait until they cut him. But I don't know. I don't know what will happen. We'll see. we'll see. But if he went to Philly, I think that would be a situation where I, for one, I'll tip my hand here. I'd be looking at bed, bidding $50. You know, and you're talking to a guy who has got Mark Ingram, Kareem Hunt, Devontae Freeman, and Joe Mixon. 
you know, I, I can only start two of those four guys. I'm already really deep at running back, but I could, I would definitely make an offer for that. So we are running out of time. Craig, final weeks, week four preview. What do you think? I hope it's better than last week. <laughs> I hope it's better than last week all around, all around. I don't want to hear any tweeting. I don't want to hear any protest talk. I want to focus on football, guys. Let's just go out there and play the game we love. I'm not going to say anybody's right or wrong for doing what they're doing. Like I said, we have all that stuff up on our website. The key is I want to talk about football and all this other distraction stuff is just that it's a distraction. It keeps us from talking about football. Now we did a good job this week. And I think a lot of the commentators did a good good job this week just to not to talk about it. And we'll continue to do so because we're not here to talk about politics. We're here to talk about football. So we want to do what we love. So let's make week four a better week all around. Let's focus on the game. Let's get some points out there. Let's win some money in DFS for Damn cripes it. sake. Are get you it kidding? Started. Jeez, this is the same thing as last year. We no, lost it, weeks one through four badly. We did. It takes a while for the num- the numbers to start Oh, working. everything's got to even out. New players, new schemes, new coaches. Coaches getting fired in the first week or see two. See that? The Bengals have a new offensive coordinator. And, and AJ Green went off. See? They did two things. They did made two major changes, the Bengals. As my closing note, the Bengals made two major changes by when they fired the coordinator. They gave they start they stopped making Mixon uh the first among equals and made him the lead of a committee, which is completely different. And they started throwing AJ Green the ball. They started designing plays to AJ Green again. Yep. You you get too fancy. Oh, well, we can't throw to A.J. Green. That's what they're expecting. We'll throw to somewhere else. Tyler Boyd's going to be healthy. What's that other guy there? John Ross? LaFell, Ross. He's hurt, though. Yeah, Ross is hurt right now. Oh, but we'll design plays for John Ross, and then A.J. Green will end up open organically. Screw organically. Throw the ball to your playmakers. Give the ball to your playmakers. Stop tying Andy Dalton's hands. And look what happened. They almost beat Green Bay in Lambeau. They did. Ugh, it's I just mean, frustrating. they had that I'm, one... But I mean, they, and they get no. Cleveland this week. I, you know, bold prediction, bold prediction. I'm going to say <laughs> Cleveland loses this week to the Cincinnati Bengals. There it is, folks. Yeah, bold prediction, Craig, real quick before we sign off. Um, I agree with you on your bold prediction. That's it. So That's it. The, the shocking part of that is that Craig agrees with me. That That's is. the shocking part of that. And that I think maybe by week five or six, Adrian Peterson could be wearing green. I don't. I, I'll go. I'll go part way there and say he won't be wearing silver and uh, or black and gold. That's what I'll say. All right. So anyway, I am Britt. I'm Craig. Thank you so much for joining us. Enjoy week four. We hope you cash in your season long and in your DFS. And we thank you for listening to the Football Fig Nuts podcast. Check us out on Twitter. Check us out at fignutsdfs.com. Email us at fignutsdfs at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Take care, guys. Have a great week. Thank <laughs> you.